I thought, for whatever reason, I was going to step out of a uniform and step into something that was just phenomenal. None of that happened. Have a plan. Be ready. What do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to do when you come out? Have a plan. And have fun through that transition because it's yours. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs. Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathleen. Hey, and I'm Rachel. And joining us today is Joshua Yule from LSYNC. Joshua is the director of HR at LSYNC, a defense contractor based in Huntsville, Alabama. He's also a 20-year Navy veteran and a father of three boys. Welcome, Joshua. No, thank you guys so, so much for having me today. I appreciate it. So, Joshua, we know that you're a Navy veteran. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your path working for LSYNC. Absolutely. So, I joined the service back in 98. It kind of ages me a little bit, I I suppose, but... um, I did 20 years, six months, 21 days. And for those out there that are of the like kind of, uh, you know, the, the alumni DD214 holders, we, uh, you, you never forget what's on that form. So um, I would not go back and change anything I did for the world. It was a blast. It was phenomenal. I had a great kind of view of the world. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go to Germany or a few places I wanted, wanted to go to, but I did get to go to Afghanistan, the wonderful countries and mountains of Afghanistan for a few tours. Um, that all led me to, to, to a point in place in time where my wife is from Alabama, Huntsville specifically, and she wanted to get back here. So as I started looking at the end of, end of my life in the Navy, I, I kind of strategically put myself in a place to, to be here in Alabama. As I transitioned out, which is kind of one of the, for a lot of military veteran spouses, even their children, it is a very unknown entity when you start transitioning out of the service. So for me, even though my skill set was on the admin HR side, I did not know what I wanted to do. I knew about contracting jobs. I knew that Huntsville is a mecca of uh, not only large corporations like Raytheon and Northrop Grumman um, and DOD contractors and the manufacturing industry and engineering services and, and those type of things. But I knew also that behind all of those, you need HR folks. So for me, it was like, this is kind of a no-brainer. This is a win-win. There always has to be some kind of administrative part, and that's kind of what I'm akin to myself. Um, As I started transitioning out and applying to over 150 jobs or so, I ended up getting called. I had about three or four interviews. One was with LSYNC here. Um, I went on contract for about nine months Um, on an HR contract with the Missile Defense Agency um, at about... Nine months into that tour, just doing that on the on the civilian side, I wanted to do more. And manufacturing was my I knew I knew that was for Huntsville, that's this town. And so um I was looking for a way to find that avenue to get that experience. Um an HR job opened up on the corporate side, and so I got called, asked if I wanted to come over, and I jump at the opportunity. Um you're kind of taught that in the service to do, and so uh January 2020, I transitioned to the corporate side, and as soon as I get here, COVID hits. So that was a that was a wonderful experience to to, to get thrown into and try to navigate from. So, 
Yeah, we've all had some very interesting learning lessons from uh, the, the pandemic. I think there are so many silver linings. So can you tell us a little bit more about LSYNC and what are the contracts that you have for cleared work? Absolutely. So LSYNC was founded, it is a woman-owned small business here in Huntsville. It was founded by uh, Miss Alicia Ryan, who in this town uh, saw a need for consulting services. And so as that business kind of took form and shape, they ended up buying, I think it was about 11 or 12 years ago, buying out another company here in Huntsville that provided engineering services and manufacturing services. Um, and the need for that kind of grew over time. We kind of started getting into the contracting space on the government side shortly after that as well. Um, so currently right now what we're in on the government side, because LSYNC itself, we, we basically view ourselves as two different kind of sectors, right? We do commercial um manufacturing of machines and the sale of machines of manufacturing machines. And then on their government client and government services side, we have several different contracts, some of which we are the prime, some of which we are the sub to um, those contracts are um, for cleared work or the largest one I have is the HR contract, which is the Minnesota defense agency. It spans Huntsville, which is the main hub in a sense of where the majority of our HR folks are, but we're in Colorado. We're in Virginia as well, up in Fort Belvoir. Uh, Colorado would be Colorado Springs. Um, we have some counterintelligence work that we do, um, some personal security work that we do, and some NASA communications as well as um, personal security side of the NASA house uh, that we are kind of in tuned with. So a lot of our cleared jobs are in those sectors of the counterintelligence for your TSSEI, um, which are a little harder to fill in certain areas. Um, we have, we're in the states of California, Colorado, Alabama, of course. We are out of Virginia, D.C., and Ohio is where we're, where the majority of, of all of our uh, client-side workforce is right now. Now, would any of your positions be remote? Uh, the, so the majority of your CI, your counterintelligence and your personnel security ones, those are typically on site because of the type of work they're doing. Um, it's intelligence based or personnel security based. Those would be the majority of those are on site for the clients. Um, they're working in skiffs and saps, sap environments. Um, so a lot of those have some flexibility internal to those, those job scopes. Uh, the one for our HR is the majority of that has been remote since the pandemic hit. Um, the majority of our, our staff for the HR in each location has been remote. I know that you've got several security openings. We're talking physical security versus cybersecurity. Correct. But a lot of those are in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So when you start thinking salary, how do you position those type of jobs in an area where the cost of living is just so, so if you could see my hands on a podcast, you would know how big they are. <laughs> the cost of living is just so high. When I find out, I will tell you. No. So I think, I think the big thing, <laughs> is, it is so monstrous up there, right? So when you look at that area, you're looking south of San Francisco, left of San Jose. And so you've got this little pocket in there of Facebook headquarters, of Google, of every, you know, all these mountains of industry in that one area location. And then I've got NASA. And guess what NASA's doing? Really, 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 really cool stuff. 
but I can't sell it when the pay scale is lower. So a lot of that, that discussion, that talk is derived from understanding the market. And right now I can tell you the median income in California is in and around 139, or at least it was about 2019. So it's maybe inflated just a little bit, but you're talking about inflated gas prices right now, seven, eight, nine dollars depending on where it's at up there, right? You're talking about a housing market that has hit 1.2 to 1.4 million dollars for a 1600 square foot home, 1400 square foot home. You're talking about you can't get a rental apartment for a two bedroom under 5,000. The question is then becomes is how do you sell that? Because I can sell you all day long on a cool job in which you're going to do stuff that nobody else in this world is going to see, but you got to live and feed your family. And that's where the difficulty becomes. Um, and that's what my difficulty right now for that position is, is, is positioning us in a point of, of placement that allows some of our transitioning service members or those veterans that are already out in the community in that area saying, Hey, we have this great opportunity for you. How do we, how do we get you there? And what is it going to take? So a lot of those conversations, regardless if I'm recruiting from LA or if I'm recruiting from another area in like, I want somebody to come and I found just that perfect candidate in Virginia. How do I get that individual to maybe love California <laughs> when everybody no I snow, can, no, no snow, snow. <laughs> no snow, I can, no snow, can, no ice. I can dig the no snow. <laughs> you can sell that. You can sell that. I can sell. <laughs> well, and you know, yeah. so, but, but wouldn't those security positions be stepping stones? I mean, from some, for someone transitioning out of the military, wouldn't that be a stepping stone? Do you have any examples of that? It is a stepping stone. It's an absolutely wonderful stepping stone into that environment. When you talk about growth opportunity, I think a lot of the contracts that we have, the majority, if not all, um, have that growth opportunity built internal to that contract. And so there's only a few, like when I get my technical lead on the HR contract, she's the highest I can go on the HR contract. So there's not another place for her on that contract necessarily, but she's doing such a phenomenal job. The pay, the, the, the increase in pay and the leverage of her abilities are being used on the corporate side as well. So you raise their pay, you, you, you provide different opportunities for them, whether or not it be certifications or, you know, you get to teach, can you bring your knowledge and build this for us? And then, you know, we'll kind of do some of that. Um, but for our entry level, which, which is that, that, that straight arrow up with some of the guys coming out, um, some of, the, some of the young folks coming out of the service where they need three, four, five, six years of experience in some of the entry-level positions, you go from a – I've got a, a program security officer here in Huntsville working at MDA. That position itself I'm trying to fill now with somebody that has one to two years of experience, that has a TSSEI. Um, but the next level, that apprentice level, is the journeyman level that then opens it up to either specialize or branch out and then get more experience and get more people under them and utilize some of that service tactic of leadership of those kind of things. And then you've got the master level for those who want to get into the management side of, you know, kind of having that program management aspect or experience for themselves. Um, but I think that hits a lot of our contracts in that we have those stepping stones. We have the HR contract has a basic intermediate advance and then the tech lead. Um, our, some of the CI positions have the same where it's 
in this space and then they just kind of keep climbing. Um, there's some that the site itself will pick the lead. If there's like two or three, we'll pick a team lead in that site at that site on the NASA one for us, uh, the security NASA one that requires the TSSCI and having that personal uh, security background. Um, and with that comes either an elevation of, of compensation or uh, elevation of something else in there that we can provide them. So I think every contract that we have right now has the ability to grow um, and or laterally move into something else and specialize in something else. Beautiful. So we know that many of your cleared contracts are those escalation type of contracts. So let's look at it from the job seekers perspective. Mm -hmm. So should they ask those kind of questions in an interview as to whether or not the contract allows for escalation? They should always ask everything. So I am a very, (laughs) I do not prescribe to that old school mentality of, you know, it's going to be my questions and it's robotic, right? Robotic in nature. I'm going to ask this question. You answer it this way. You don't get to ask me anything else. And we just kind of, you know, it's that ping pong. I, I think we have done a really hard push, at least with me when I'm in the room to make it a conversation. I always tell every candidate, even when I'm pre-screening or I'm talking to them that you not only need to fit what I need, I need to fit you. If I am not a culture fit for you, I am not what you want, or you don't see yourself adding to the culture and, and, and making us better at some point or at every point that you're here with us, then that's where the relationship won't, we, it, it's not about that relationship build at that time anymore. So I think absolutely those questions are, are more than relevant. I think if they're not asking those questions, then they're doing it wrong. You want to know if it's an escalation contract. You want to know how many more years you got on the contract. You want to know that if you're in the last year, what happens when you're outbidded and the next company takes over? Am I going to go onto the contract? How does that work? Um, most of your contracts are about five years when they're awarded. So you want to know kind of where you fall in that. And, and over time with the escalation, are there increases in, in compensation? Are there increases in job titles? Are there increases in everything? And you want to know how those things work. I, I would also go as far as to say is what, what is the, the hiring team view of success, right? So in that position, whatever you're taking, those are the questions. There, there are so many tools right at right now for transitional service members, uh, their spouses, their children to view these type of questions that are already built for them. Like there's the, the, nobody has to reinvent the will on anything. You just got to figure out which will you want to spend for that specific job. And I think those questions, if they're not asked, I think you missed a great opportunity with the company that would be able to answer that for you. Awesome. There are some great advantages to working for a smaller company. So talk to us a little bit about the culture and lines of communication and what does access to like the senior staff look like? (laughs) So I think, I think when you're transitioning out and when you're a service member, I think the biggest thing we sell is open door policy, right? That's, that's what you, you never get away from that statement. It's open door policy. Does it truly mean open door though? Because everybody up to the CO or the XO wants a crack at your problem, right? Like, hey, come to me first. Don't take it to these people. So I never institutionalized that for me. If you wanted to talk to the CO, his office is right here. If you want to talk to the XO, his office is over here. You want to talk to me, you come to me. If you don't feel comfortable with me, let's figure out who you do so we can get you the help you need. The culture at a small place is that 
that line item. So that door is always open. Uh, Miss Alicia Ryan, Shane, who's the program manager for a government service aside, they are always consistently open to engage, talk, and walk through different either issues or just thought processes or um, if you want to understand the strategic part of what they're trying to do, they're willing to discuss that with you. Now, the, the, the advantage of a small company to a larger company is just that. So for us, our challenge to all of what you're discussing, and especially when you're talking about California, Virginia, is how do we get those folks that are not here in our hub in Huntsville? Because I can have a happy hour here and, and, and pull everybody in. But I can't do that consistently with somebody in California. So that is that direct connection between our ability to have those messages come directly from Alicia Ryan or Shane or myself to those folks that are consistent and constant um, that allows for us to grow people based on their their work, their ethic, those kind of things instead of trying to hit some statistical data number that carries us over into something so I don't get in trouble from a reporting criteria. And it's it's interesting that you talk about the engagement in different sites. And you mentioned earlier that you were deployed to Afghanistan and, uh, yes, a few times. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you keep employees engaged when they're in the different locations? Yes, ma'am. Um, it's not easy. It's a very hard challenge to undertake. And when you start expanding your reach on a contractual basis, I think it becomes more difficult. It becomes more difficult because you've got more people that are spaced out sporadically in different time zones and different places doing different work. Um, a lot of our folks that are spaced out are in skiffs, and those skiffs are manned during the day to which you can't just pick up a phone and reach them and talk to them. Um, so it, it's challenging in you have to overcome time constraints and, and, and those kind of things. What I don't think is challenging is being genuine about it. And so engaging and calling them. So what I try to do consistently throughout a month is just pick up the phone and call somebody or shoot them an email and say, Hey, thinking about you, what's good. What do you got going on? Do you need anything? Um, if I know that they're going through something, if I know that they're going, um, or if they have a question or even if I get, even if I get a verification of employment because somebody's taken out a loan, right. Um, my biggest thing is I call them and talk to them, you know, those kind of things. So I don't think you necessarily need to throw, you know, Hey, here's tickets to a trash panda game, which by the way, if you've never came and saw a trash panda game, you're missing out. Um, I have I have a t-shirt. I have a Trash Pandas t-shirt. Go Trash Pandas. So awesome. <laughs> it is it is a wonder that we got that team. They are they are just phenomenal here. Um so I, I think it's more than just throwing something like that at folks. I think it's just being genuine and care and concern of them, their person, their family and their personal and professional growth. And I think when you can cross that barrier into doing those things, I think you win people. And I'm not trying to win you over, but I'm trying to win you to sustain you to grow. And I, I think I think that's the enjoyment for me. That's where at the end of the day, if I can do that for at least one person, then I'm golden. I did something right. I can fail all day long. And if I did that for at least one person throughout the day, I did something right today. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, it sounds like you've really been able to make that transition, you know, after your long career with the Navy and 
I've just been able to really harness that. So would you mind sharing with us what your number one tip would be for service members that are transitioning into the world of civilian? Stay in. Don't get out. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> so I, th- I think I got a few, and I, I think I think you've got to have a plan. So I mean, you're, you're talking about transition overall. I'm not talking about the folks that are retiring at 20, 25, 30 years. I'm, I'm talking about the young airman, sailor, marine that is getting out after four, after six, after eight. Somebody that is just disillusioned with the whole system after twelve. Um, and even those guys that are retiring, have a plan. What do you want to do? Because I'm going to tell you now, like when I got out, I, I'm finding myself in HR, but I think it took a minute. I didn't have a plan because I just thought it was going to happen organically, right? Because I'm the man, right? I thought for whatever reason, I was going to step out of a uniform and step into something that was just phenomenal where I could continue to knife hand people and be like, you do this, you do this, you do that, right? None of that happened. What I found happened was I wasn't ready. And then I got scared a little bit. And then I was like, oh, crap, let me figure out how to overcome this. And I, th- I think that's what the military teaches us, right? Adapt over- Marines love it, right? Adapt, overcome, and just push through. Have a plan. Be ready. What do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to do when you come out? Have a plan. You are not your title at any point in time when you transition out. So I got really used to that at home because my wife told me I wasn't the chief at home. And I said, you're right. Got it. It's funny because I get here and I go to my assembly side and these guys are just like some of the guys that I worked for, worked for and, and with in the military. And they keep calling me chief. And I love it. It's awesome. But it's not my title. It's not who I am. It was never really who I was. It was what I did. For me, the only title I care to have when I go is father and husband. That's it. What excites me is that I get to go home tonight. Um, have a plan. Know what you want to do. Understand that you're not the colonel, you're not the lieutenant, you're not the chief, you're not the sergeant major, you're not the whatever. And 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 have fun doing, have fun through that transition because it's yours. It, it, you have to own the process. You have to understand what it is to, to, to write a resume, to know what a resume is supposed to look like, to take advice, to network, to put yourself in a position that is right for you. And so... Taking advice from people that's been there before is great, but it doesn't always align. I've met a couple folks here that the individual's previous job in the military was basically infantry. He comes out and wants to do HR. There's not a whole lot of experience of HR in infantry. Sorry, I love you. Sorry, just not there. You might have managed people, but what I do day to day is not what you did. But he's he's somebody that I'm looking up to because this man is getting his master's degree and all these certificates. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm a little behind the curve getting some certs in the HR world. Cause that's kind of where we're, you know, you're nothing if you don't have some certifications behind you. But I think for the folks that are transitioning out, if, if you become so disillusioned in who you were and what you were while you were wearing a uniform, you're about to put that thing up. You're about to put it in a shadow box. You get to look at it every day. It never goes away from you. Your experiences, your experiences, they're wonderful. They're beautiful. They're ugly. They're, they're nasty. They're, they're grimy. They're you. And, and so, but now you get to write that whole new chapter. So I I think, I think for me, um, just having that different, just turning that, that, that mindset somewhere else and being realistic about the expectation that you have 
is key because if you're not, you're, you're about to get hit with a big sack right in the face. Well, Joshua, thank you for being with us today. Where can our cleared listeners get in touch with you? Absolutely. So um, I am on LinkedIn, which is one of the big platforms that I use just to search and, 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 and engage folks a lot. Um, it's under Joshua, J-O-S-H-U-A, last name is Yule. Uh, they can find the career page on, they can just uh, Google LSYNC or you can go to www.lsync.com. Pretty easy career page right there. Uh, they can also email me at jyule, so J-E-W-E-L-L, at lsync, L-S-I-N-C.com. So that was Joshua Yule from Elsync. Rachel, that was really interesting. What were some of the things that you liked about Joshua's? I loved when he shared some of the tips for transitioning out, especially you're not your title. So not to just focus on what you've done, but look at the skills that you have and how can you find those in your next career. I thought that was amazing advice from someone who definitely has walked the talk. Um, and I just thought it was beautiful. And I definitely... I made note and I'm, I'm imprinting it forever in my brain that you're not your title. You know, we talk about the various different sizes of companies in the defense contracting space. And Elsync is a smaller company. What I really liked about Joshua was his explaining being in a small company, you had access to the senior staff and that you also have a relationship with everyone that you're working with and that he as the HR director really took the time to reach out to people who were on different locations, different sites, but is also his recommendation during the interview process of don't ask the robotic questions. You know, you ask this question and I ask that question. It was more about learn more about me. Let's talk about our culture. Let's talk about why you want to work here and really understand that it's not just a stepping stone in someone's career, but you know, part of the networking. Please subscribe to our show, rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks again and see you or hear you soon. Bye.